Blog Talk Radio. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind, a mastermind. Get ready for the Fantasy Football Mastermind Ed. The definitive fantasy football information show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Mazurak, has more than two decades of fantasy football experience, comprehensive fantasy football information, strategy, and trading advice. Fantasy picks to click and flick the latest NFL news and much, much more. Each week during the fantasy football season on Blog Talk Radio. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, Michael Nazarak. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is September 22nd. This is entering week three of the uh, NFL uh, season. And uh, fingers crossed, so far, so good. We're still playing the games and we're still watching them and having fun and reviewing them, and we're going to be talking some fantasy football here in a sec. My name is Michael Masarek. I'm host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. Fantasy Football Mastermind can be found online at ffmastermind.com. And with me once again, my very good friend, very experienced fantasy writer and player, Chris Rito. How are you doing tonight, Chris? Real well, sir, real well, although I think the 49ers just lost another ACL as we were speaking because it seems to happen every 10 minutes or so. So, uh I don't know. Yeah. Just wanted to first of all say, wish a very happy birthday to you, Mike Nazarek, 55 years old. I was actually going to oh. channel my inner Sammy Hagar and say, Nazarek, it's 55. <laughs> I can't <laughs> believe he's still alive. So, oh, anyway, no. Happy birthday, old man. Happy birthday, old man. Oh, thank you. You, had to, you just had to remind me of that number. I, I it, it is kind of always nice to – to mark another year that I'm still around, uh, but uh, I prefer kind of like to forget the the number 50. Oh my gosh! Now I'm I'm, I'm after tonight I'm going to be closer to 60 than 50. I I can't even fathom that. But <laughs> we're all getting older. You don't look older. a day over 70, sir. You don't look a day over 70. Oh okay. <laughs> okay, let's get right into the NFL news. And there's a crap load to talk about. Uh, Black Monday, I guess if you call it. Uh, I, I'm normally doing picks to click and flick Monday morning, and I didn't get to it till like fr- uh, Monday afternoon because we had the we had the the injury information flowing uh, fast and furious, and we're going to hit the top four items on the list, and then actually uh, maybe even the 49ers might not even be included in this list right now, but uh, they're, they're, they're hurting too. Anyway, for fantasy football terms, two of the top three backs that were drafted probably in your draft are, are not going to be playing for quite a while. One of them is gone for the year, and the other one's going to be gone four to six weeks. It was just, like I said, black. it was really Black Sunday. Uh, Christian McCaffrey took a handoff, ran into the end zone, got tripped up, and before you know it, he's got a high ankle sprain. He's going to be gone four to six weeks. Um, you know, Mike Davis, a next man up there, uh, Matt Rule, the, uh, the the head coach, says that uh, we like Mike. He's a threat coming out of the backfield. Uh, they got Reggie Bonifant on the practice squad. They're probably going to end up uh, elevating him to the regular roster. But if you've got McCaffrey on your squad, uh, Chris, what do you do? Well, I mean, if you can get Mike Davis, great. Then, you, then you've got it covered either way. I mean, he's clearly going to be the man there. And like you said, he did. He caught eight passes on eight targets uh, once he took over from McCaffrey. So the man can clearly do some of the same things. Um, clearly not as good as would. I'm not entirely convinced you don't 
go after a guy like Devonta Freeman, though, as we were just talking before we came on the air, and we'll get to him in a second, because he's an all-year solution with a second option once McCaffrey comes back. He'd have two guys as compared to just having the one guy, the Carolina guy, uh, who is admittedly a shadow of McCaffrey. So that's kind of what I would do. I would say get Davis if you have to, get Freeman if you can. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Freeman, um, the, the reason why he's signing with the New York Giants, in fact, just before we went to uh, air here, uh, we just got uh, word from Adam Schefter that he is, in fact, passing uh, all the COVID testing. Uh, it's going to sign. He's going to be on the practice field tomorrow morning uh, on Wednesday with the rest of the team and very well could play in some kind of role this week along with Dion Lewis and maybe Wayne Gallman there. Uh, Saquon Barkley, Torn ACL. I tell you, I, at first I thought he uh, dislocated his shoulder or something. You know, at the previous play, he landed awkwardly, was in some pain, came off the field, and then ran right back on the field the next play and ended up tearing his ACL. And I think he did some other damage, uh, MCL sprain and or a meniscus. And, and the bottom line is he's gone for the year. So uh, the, the Giants did the smart thing. They brought in uh, Devonta Freeman, who, uh, who uh, his agent is uh, Rosenhaus. Uh, and apparently, uh, Rose now says that uh, Devontae actually was offered more money, maybe by the Eagles, they, you know, because that's where he was over the weekend visiting. But he said he liked the opportunity to be the man in for the Giants, and I think he's probably looking long term here. Uh, the deal is for one year, up to three million, so he's probably got a lot of incentives on that, and he feels that he can reach a lot of that. So he is going to be the guy uh, eventually for for the Giants. Now, if you got Saquon Barkley. Let's say you already have Dion Lewis. You, you obviously you make a big play for uh, Devonta Freeman on your on your waiver wire. Obviously, if you go worse to first, you know you know if you're going to get it or not. But what about those people like uh, myself in the in the FFPC that have a fab? Uh, it's a free agent auction, uh, and you've got a thousand dollars. How much are you going to spend on uh, on Devonta Freeman if you're a Saquon owner uh, in order to you know try and fill the void at your number one running back position? Well, you're not going to get a number one running back. Obviously, you know, you're not going to get a guy that was second overall pick in, in your fantasy draft with That's Devonta right. Freeman. But what you, what you do get, you do get a guy that is going to be, I believe, unambiguously the number one guy there. I think he's going to leapfrog Deion Lewis and, and Wayne Gallman as soon as he gets you know up to speed on the playbook. And he's going to be there all season. Like you said, the, Saquon Barkley is not coming back in four to six weeks. So I think you're going to get a solid guy. And I actually, I'm really intrigued by Devonta Freeman. I actually think he's a better back than a lot of people have given him credit for. He had a rough year struggling with some injuries last year, but he's in a great situation with, with a lot of offensive weapons there. Um, a guy who can catch the ball as well as run the ball. I actually think he's going to put up some, some solid numbers. I think he's going to be a solid number two once he gets up to speed, maybe not right away, but once he gets up to speed, a solid low-end number two, which is all you can really ask for coming off the waiver wire three weeks in. Okay. Uh, getting, getting to the, the auction bid on this. So, uh, mm-hmm. And I've said this for a couple of friends of mine that have Barkley. I don't even have him myself. Unfortunately, we <laughs> drafted Zeke. for a friend. <laughs> but uh but uh yeah uh so so because uh, people want to know uh are, are you going to spend 600 700 800 uh, you out of your thousand uh because it, obviously you're not going to get number one running back uh production out of a guy that's been sitting around for a year now but maybe a solid number two and to pair that with somebody like joe mixon or whatever or whoever else you have on your team or maybe a chris carson be more uh, more realistic uh in that tarp, uh, part of the draft uh and maybe you started two and oh or one and one or whatnot how much of that money do you think you're going to spend the percentage, I mean, 60, 60, 600 to 60%, 70%. What kind of percentage do you feel comfortable bidding on Devonta Freeman? 
Yeah, I, I think you could justify that. Like I said, you're not going to – what are you going to spend your money on otherwise? You know, if you have to replace a quarterback later in the year, there's there's lots of starting quarterbacks that may not be on rosters. If you need another receiver, you know, even in PPR leagues, receivers, low-end receivers, they're a dime a dozen. You're not going to get potential on any given week, number one production from a guy. But you're going to get a running back you know is going to start and carry the load and is going to catch passes. I think you, you, you have to spend half of your money if you want Devonta Freeman. You're not going to get him otherwise. And I think you could make a solid case to justify spending that 65 70% for a because you're going to get like a 10-week guy out of him. You know, if you play a 13-week season, you're going to get a good 10 weeks out of, out of this deal. So you might as well spend the money and, and take a chance. The money's not any good sitting in your, in your wallet, in your imaginary wallet at the end of the year. Well, that, you're, you're exactly right, and I agree with you there. And it's going to be very interesting because we've got access to the waiver wire results here in the FFPC currency of uh, Fantasy Mojo, uh, Darren Almani, uh, uh, later in the week. And so we'll, I'll revisit this next week and see. But I can tell you right now, someone's going to spend $950 or, or maybe even almost $1,000 oh, yeah. on the Devonta Freeman. It's going to be interesting to see how many people do, do view that. Anyway, let's get, get to the rest of the injuries here. A lot to cover. Uh, Cortland Sutton, unfortunately, tore his ACL after uh, being out with shoulder uh, injury. Uh, wow, I mean, he was barely on the field, and then he ends up tearing his ACL, gone for the year. Jerry Judy now steps up. you got other options. Tim Patrick there. Uh, J.K., uh, I mean, I'm sorry, K.J. Hamler, the rookie receiver. Uh, and, of course, Drew Locke went down uh, with a shoulder injury, and he's going to be uh, out at least two weeks, so they got Jeff Driscoll there. Uh, if you've got Cortland Sutton, how do you try to replace him? Hamler, uh, Patrick, or, or other options? Uh, I'm more intrigued by Hamler. I think he's far more explosive than Patrick, and I think he might eventually be more of a PPR threat than Patrick. He certainly has more upside. Uh, he may have a lower floor being a rookie, but I think he's got higher upside. And the other thing we, that, that I'm intrigued by is that it's Jeff Driscoll now. It's two weeks. Could it be Blake Bortles under center there? Um, oh. I actually think that, that gives him a better chance. Blake Bortles just signed with them today. He's waiting to get through the yep. COVID stuff as well. So, so that's another possibility. And I think a veteran quarterback there um, does actually maybe not cost you as much on the rest of the skill position guys that you would have with a Jeff Driscoll or even with a Drew Locke to a large extent um, tr- throwing to Jerry Judy as the number one and K.J. Hamler coming out of the slot. And uh, we, we drafted Jerry Judy in our FanX team, so I'm, I'm happy to have him there. I'm not sure how much consistency we're going to get him being thrust into the number one role, especially with Driscoll down for the next two weeks. But it's certainly going to be interesting to see how he develops in this situation. Uh, over in your area of the country, that's why I put him up there, Paris Campbell, PCL, out indefinitely. Uh, let's see, we've got Michael Pittman, Jr. You've got Zach Pascal. What's your take on the, the fantasy uh, situation there in Indianapolis? I don't think anyone's going to take over for him and step in um, right away. Certainly uh, Pittman got a lot more play this last week when Campbell went out than I expected. Um, He was supposedly a little bit gimpy and and I know Zach Pascal was running ahead of him in general, but I think Pascal and Pittman are going to split those snaps. You're going to see some of the other guys called up from the practice squad and see some more snaps, but probably not any more targets. So I think Pittman is intriguing, uh, especially in in scoring heavy leagues because of his uh, red zone prowess. But Pascal's pretty good size and pretty good in the red zone as well. He caught a short touchdown late in the game yesterday. So what I hope this probably does is it may actually finally kickstart T.Y. Hilton, who's off to a very sluggish start, and it may uh, 
increase the role of Naheem Hines as a pass catcher because they need those kind of explosive bubble screen type plays that Campbell had taken away from Hines going into the, the start of the season. Yeah, that's uh, but people that started Nihamans, and I'm one of those people. Got way up one catch for four yards, and it was Jonathan Taylor yeah. all over the all over the field. I guess right. they wanted to see if he could handle the whole load, and he did more than that, and it basically put uh, Nihamans on the side. Before I move to the rest of the list here, uh, Jack Doyle with that lower uh, ankle, knee, uh, body type injury uh, might miss another week. Mo Alley Cox had a big mm-hmm. game. What's your opinion on him for fantasy? Uh, well, well, he's actually a far better athlete than Doyle, so I think he's going to have those sorts of explosive games. He's more, if compared to what they've had the last few years, he's much more Ebron than Doyle, and Doyle has been a notoriously slow healer, especially from lower body stuff, so he could be around a while. I think if you're, if you're desperate or if you don't have any good tight ends or if you lost some guys, he, he's, he's not a bad way to fill in. I wouldn't say he's, you know, he's not Logan Thomas. He's not going to get eight, nine, seven, eight, nine targets, but I think he'll be serviceable if you need to. So I, I agree with that, and uh, as a Doyle owner in several leagues, that's who I'm uh, tar- who I would target this week. Uh, let's, of course, we have a comprehensive list of all these injuries at ffmastermind.com. Real quickly, the, the big ones, of course, Jimmy Garoppolo with a high ankle sprain. He's week to week, so it looks like Nick Mullins is going to start there this week. Tyra Taylor, uh, a chest uh, injury or pain cropped up after an injection to treat uh, an injury. Uh, he's week to week there. Uh, Justin Abert uh, looked pretty good in his uh, debut throwing for over 100 yards and a score and yeah. almost uh, ending up beating the Chiefs there. If it wasn't for a couple of 58-yard field goals from Harrison Butker, we'd have a big upset. Uh, heading back to the list here, running back, of course, Raheem Mostert with a sprained MCL. He's not going to play this week. Neither will Tevin Coleman. He's expected to miss a couple of weeks there, multiple weeks. Uh, looks like a jerk McKinnon. And then Jeff Wilson, who's probably on yeah. everybody's waiver wire. Uh, this that's a guy I think you want to uh, target. What's your opinion on Jeff Wilson, Chris? I, I do like him, especially, again, especially in scoring heavy leagues. I think even more so. If you remember what he did when he stepped in before, they, yep. they were kind of using Coleman and Mostert and all these guys, 20 to 20. And once they got inside the 10, bam, they were hammering it with Wilson. So uh, don't overlook him for sure. McKinnon's going to be the hot grab in the waiver wire. Do not overlook Jeff Wilson. I remember that. There were several times they were around the 10, 15-yard line, and, and, and uh, you know, the, the other teams were expecting pass or whatever, and this kid just exploded up the middle for easy scores. He did that multiple times. Uh, I think he had a, a, a multiple touchdown game, too. So uh, I think yeah. that they will trust uh, Wilson. And, of course, they love McKinnon now that he's healthy and all. They paid him all that money, so it's going to be interesting to see these two, how they work together there. Anyway, moving back over to uh, L.A., they've got some, uh, some uh, injury problems at running back. Cam Akers has a rib uh, cartilage separation. He's uh, probably not going to play this week. Uh, fortunately for them, Malcolm Brown, who broke a pinky, he underwent surgery on Monday, and they expect him to play this week, although Daryl Henderson is going to be one of the hot wide wire pickups for people that drafted him and that dropped him. Well, they're going to have to pick him back up again. He ended up with over 120 yards of score this past week. Um, real quickly here, the big names, Michael Thomas, of course, with the ankle. We're going to see later this week if he can play. Devontae Adams with a hamstring. They don't think it's very serious. They kind of held him out as a precaution, but, you know, We'll see what he can do on the on the practice field is whether he can play this week. Good news for these two guys. Kenny Galladay, if you drafted him, Chris Godwin, 
hamstring and concussion, uh, respectively. They're both expected to re- return to action this week. I know Matthew Stafford's going to be happy about that. Uh, unfortunately for Tennessee, A.G. Brown with the knee looks like he might be out uh, at least another week there. We'll see. Devonta Parker with a hamstring. He was limited in practice on Tuesday. That's for Thursday night's game. We'll see if he'll be able to go. Uh, D.J. Chark with a chest. He was limited in action on Tuesday in practice, and we'll see if he can go. Uh, Will Fuller, people asking about him, looked like he had a hamstring injury. He was seen with the trainers trying to stretch that out, uh, kind of like uh, Josh Jacobs on Monday night there. Jacobs got back in the game, but but Will Fuller was uh, MIA in the second half and ended up with a big zero on one carry there. Uh, not 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 good there. Fillers had all kinds of injuries, uh, situ, you know, injury uh, stance there for for Houston, and so they need to get him back on the field. Jamison Crowder with a hamstring. We'll see later this week. Sterling Shepard with a toe in New York. Uh, looks like he's going to miss some time. And, of course, we're all waiting to see if George Kittle with the knee is going to play or not. And Dawson, Dawson Knox in Buffalo is in the concussion protocol. We'll see what he, uh, what, he have, what he does later this week. And we'll be right back after this important message. You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with the assistance of the premier fantasy football information source, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com, there's plenty of good free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. President CEO Michael Nazarek has 20 years' experience and just completed his fourth consecutive year as SI's Expert League Super Bowl champ. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy content, updated daily, which will give you the edge you need to legitimately claim... Redrafter, Dynasty, Keeper, Auction, Salary Cap, IDP, they cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go now to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. Okay, please visit our site, ffmastermind.com, for our NFL free uh, quick bits. Updated information each day. Our free eye in the sky in-season scouting reports, including those on the Colts from Chris Rito. Our weekly in-season fantasy newsletters have daily releases. It's thirty-seven ninety-five. However, if you use the following eight-dollar discount code, Edge W N and the number eight. That's E D G E W N and the number eight. You can get it for twenty-nine ninety-five. That'll last through this Friday. Please follow me on Twitter at FFMastermind. Lots of good stuff I tweet out there, too. And I do give a few pieces of advice every once in a while. Uh, let's get right to our picks to click and flick for week three. What two quarterbacks do you like this week and why, Chris? Uh, I like Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he's off to a hot start, obviously, but I can't see a lot of reasons to think he's going to slow down. It's a prime quarterback matchup this week against New Orleans. And now I usually don't put a lot of stock into history this far back since he's not faced New Orleans since 2014. But A.A. Rod's thrown eight touchdowns and averaged 350 passing yards in his three, last three games against New Orleans, and he's averaged over 30 points per game in his career against the Saints. Uh, and more importantly, recently, I watched an erratic Tom Brady score decently, and Derek freaking Carr lit them up on Monday Night Football. So I think Rodgers is going to do well. And then I'm going to go with Gardner Minshew this week. Uh, as much as I've questioned him and this team, Minshew continues to put up numbers. He's thrown three touchdowns in three straight games, and this week, the Miami defense on a short rest that has struggled mightily to contain mobile quarterbacks. I think this game's a high-scoring affair Thursday, and with the Dolphins being far better versus the run in the past, I look for the Jags to possibly score well in the air. Yep, I think I agree with you there. Okay, a couple of guys I like this week. Ryan Tannehill for Tennessee. Everyone thought that uh, Derrick Henry was going to run and get all the scores. Well, Derrick Henry's yet to score this this year, but I think that changes this week. However, I still think Ryan Tannehill's going to throw multiple touchdown passes against that Viking secondary that's totally remade and totally a big mess. 
So uh, Ryan Tannehill is probably going to be the uh, most unrated uh, quarterback in the league, maybe next to Gardner Minshew. <laughs> but uh, I love me some Tannehill this week. Anyway, and Phillip Rivers in Indianapolis, I know they ran all over uh, Minnesota this past week, but uh, they're going to get the Jets this week, and the Jets have a pretty good run defense. So I think there will be a lot of dinks and dunks to Taylor and hopefully Nyheim Hines and a big player, too, to, to T.Y. Hilton. I think Phillip Rivers gets a couple touchdown passes this week. So if you need him, start him. A couple guys I'm not crazy about this week. I love what Derek Carr did right down the road. Got to watch it uh, and, 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 uh, it here in Las Vegas and get that big win of the Saints and all. Unfortunately, the Patriots secondary, they were embarrassed in Seattle. And guess what? They're coming home. Stephon Gilmore does not take kindly to being embarrassed, and it won't happen two, twice in a row. So I think Derek Carr is going to struggle to, to get the passing game uh, going there. And they're going to be all over Darren Waller, too. So, <laughs> anyway, you got to play Darren Waller. But, uh, you know, uh, the rest of the core there is kind of bang, banged up with uh, Henry Ruggs and all. So, uh, Derek Carr is not looking good this week. And Jared Goff, I'm kind of concerned. Caution play on the road in Buffalo there. I know that uh, that uh, he loves to throw it to his tight end and such. And, and they've got some good weapons there. But uh, usually on the road, if you can get a pressure on Goff, he kind of wilts a little bit. I just don't see a big game coming from him this week. So, you might want to shy away from there. What about a couple of quarterbacks you're not crazy about and why, Chris? Well, you know, we have Goff on our FanX team, and our other one is Stafford, and I really don't like him this week either. I mean, he's either posted really big or really small numbers against Arizona in recent years, and this week I don't think bodes well for him. The Cardinals have actually allowed among the fewest completions, attempts, and yards, and not much to the fantasy quarterback, although they have faced some depleted wide receiver cores, to be fair. And Stafford and his receivers have looked a bit disconnected so far. I think the cards have been beaten better on the ground, too, so I think the volume's going to stay low for Stafford this week. And then a caution play, the red-hot, or actually probably white-hot, Josh Allen, uh, he threw his first 300-yard and 400-yard games in weeks one and two, but the Rams are not the Jets or the Dolphins, and they can bring the heat. L.A. is, believe it or not, only allowed one touchdown pass through two games, and they faced Dak and Wentz so far, and only six touchdowns their last seven games. And you can run on them. So I think this is the first time Allen isn't throwing a ton. Caution play with Josh Allen. Okay. How about a couple of running backs? Who you like and why? I love Miles Sanders this week. He showed that he was back capable last week with a strong game against Washington. And so far the Bengals have been, you know, kitty cats on run defense, allowing 180 yards per game to running back, 24 running back points per game. I think he's going to have an opportunity to shine, especially with Wentz struggling in the wide receiver crew week, high volume game. And then I like Kenyon Drake to, to finally get healthy and break out, facing a Lions defense that, believe it or not, has allowed seven yards per carry to running back so far. He's getting the volume, just hasn't broken out yet. And I think the higher-than-average likelihood of playing with the league doesn't hurt his potential for high volume either. The Lions are reeling and right for a picking here. Okay. Um, I tell you, a couple of guys I like this week, I've already mentioned him, uh, Jerick McKinnon in San Francisco. I know he's going to share the load there with Jeff Wilson, but McKinnon's going to catch all the passes. Uh, they're playing a, a very beatable Giants team uh, with uh, Mostert and Coleman out. So, McKinnon, if you got him, start him. And Joshua Kelly, very impressed rookie there. Uh, he's actually seeing more touches uh, than, than Austin Eckler. Uh, they want to keep Eckler fresh, and they can pound Kelly, and uh, I think he's going to score uh, against the uh, sorry uh, Panthers run defense, one of the worst ones in the league. Uh, Fournette just uh, ran all over him in the fourth quarter, and I think that's probably going to be Josh Kelly's role this week. So if you got Kelly and you need him, start him. Um, uh, let's see. And uh, a couple of guys I don't like this week. One is a caution play, and his name is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, C-E-H. Yeah, I know. Why? Because they're playing in Baltimore. So better adjust your expectations downward in that case. And, of course, uh, in Atlanta, Todd Gurley. 
the Bears' run defense, I think, is going to limit them, and they're probably going to be throwing a lot uh, in that game, and that is not uh, Todd Gurley's forte anymore. So I would just uh, not expect much from Todd Gurley this week and don't have any of my teams. <laughs> I haven't really thought much of him, but he hadn't really been – I think he's, what, he got one score in the year this year? Uh, so I, I don't see so. him doing much this week. Yep. What about uh, your uh, running back situation there, uh, Chris? Who, who, which two do you not care for this week? It's actually a couple of guys I usually like, and I kind of like a lot of NFL players, but they're both caution plays this week. First is Melvin Gordon. Uh, the Bucks have allowed a fair amount of PPR points to running back so far, but they've allowed a ludicrous amount of receptions and almost zero rushing yards. And they've played Kamara and McCaffrey, so that, that kind of explains all the catches. Gordon is not Kamara or McCaffrey as a receiver. And with Driscoll at quarterback, Sutton out, maybe Lindsey out, a lot of attention is going to be on Gordon. I don't see him breaking loose. And then David Johnson, what a brutal stretch of the Texans, facing yet another tough run defense, this one on the road. Steelers have allowed under 50 yards per game and only two yards per carry, despite playing against Saquon and Melvin Gordon so far. So this team is just tough to run on. And uh, uh, I'm a little worried about Johnson because even though he can be useful as a receiver for PPR leagues, I, I just don't have a good feeling about him this week. Yeah, I'm right there with you. How about a couple wide receivers? Who do you like? Well, you mentioned him earlier, Jerry Judy. Uh, the Bucks' pass defense looked very susceptible to me last week, and they allowed 200-yard receivers. I think they're going to dare Jeff Driscoll to beat them, and with Sutton out, Judy becomes threats one, two, and three in the passing game probably. Uh, I think his route running will get him open, maybe a little higher volume, even though he's getting eight targets a game. And he's also very motivated. He had some key drops in the first few games, so I'm looking for a bounce back. And then Michael Gallup, uh, the Seattle secondary, believe it or not, is allowing over 400 yards per game, and most of it's been to wide receivers, not tight ends or backs. So he's coming off a low week when he was so close to multiple scores, and a week one with several long PIs that cost him big plays. I think he's due to break out. There should be chances to do so. Stick with him. Seattle can't hold any wide receiver down. Dak should light it up this week, and Gallup's going to get his. Okay, a couple of wide receivers I like this week. Uh, he had a big game last uh, last uh, Sunday night, Julian Edelman. I think he's going to score on the Raiders. Uh, they seem to be using him a little bit more than uh, than they did before, uh, it, more mostly on deep routes, too. That's very interesting, and Cam loves throwing to him. So if you got Julian, uh, start him uh, with confidence. Uh, A-Rob in Chicago, they're still working on that long-term deal, but I think it's going to be his turn to shine against the Falcons because – Really, who who doesn't shine against the Falcons right now? So I think he's gonna he's gonna score this week. So obviously you're gonna start him and expect good numbers there. A couple of guys I'm worried about this week. I uh, already mentioned him, Henry Ruggs. Uh, love the guy's talent. He's a little bit gimpy, and guess what? He gets Stephon Gilmore this week. Uh, Mr. Gilmore is not gonna have two bad weeks in a row. And uh, Ruggs is the epitome of the opposite of DK Metcalf that uh, basically used Mr. Gilmore, and he wasn't happy about that. Uh, this is going to be a revenge match there. Uh, just to get back on track for Gilmore, uh, sit rugs this week. And MBS, I'm just not feeling it against the Saints. Uh, I know that uh, Rodgers is playing well and all, and I think Devontae Adams is going to play in this game. Alan Lazard is probably going to draw more targets this week. I just don't see MBS uh, scoring uh, once again this week. Uh, you know, if you need him, start him, but I wouldn't expect too much out of it. Um, I guess that's about it. So uh, what about uh, your uh, two wide receivers that you're not crazy about, uh, Chris? Uh, Stephon Diggs, I know he's leading the league in in yards, but I don't like him this week. I mean, I don't think Allen's going to have time to get the ball downfield, and if he does look Diggs' way, uh, Mr. Jalen Ramsey will be lurking nearby. I know he's had two big weeks, but I think that might get him a little bit of focus from the defense. I like John Brown better in the red zone and the short range with his history against the Rams too. So caution play, not a bench candidate in Stephon Diggs. 
And then and Keenan Allen, I'm not high on this week. It just seems like a low probability for any volume for the Chargers in the air. I mean, they're either going to have Herbert with a week of film to scout or a Gimpy Taylor under center. And a Panthers team that can't stop the run, like you mentioned earlier, and they've allowed the second fewest receptions to wide receivers. Allen is really a volume-based PPR play now, and I just don't think he's going to get the volume this week. Okay, I've had a couple of tight ends. Who do you like and why? Uh, I, I love Mike Gesicki again this week. I know he's coming off a huge game. He faces the team that's allowed the most receiving yards to tight ends so far this year. Gesicki himself is also growing as to be a bigger part of the offense. Six TDs his last uh, eight games, an average of nine targets in those eight games. So I think Pitts is going to lean on him in a plus matchup. And then I mentioned him earlier, I like Logan Thomas. He's amazingly averaging over eight targets a game very quietly and playing for a team with a constant negative game script, so opportunities should abound. I'm going to couple that with the foe in the Browns that have hemorrhaged fantasy points to the tight end all last year, and so far this year has allowed the most tight end receptions and touchdowns. Recipe for a big game here from Logan Thomas. Okay. A couple of the tight ends I like this week. Uh, well, he's really uh, blossoming like uh, Jizeki is in Miami. Jonu Smith in Tennessee, two touchdowns last week. I think he's going to very easily score here against the Vikings this week. And Noah Fan has scored every week. I think you got to stick with the hot hand there. I know there's no Cortland Sutton and you got Jeff Driscoll, but Fan still looked good, and uh, Driscoll can get him the football, so start him with confidence there. A couple guys I'm not crazy about. Uh, Ian Thomas, I don't know what happened there. Uh, no targets, no catches, uh, right to the bench you go and Austin Hooper what a waste of talent it's just like where talented receivers go to die is Cleveland <laughs> I guess every once in a while uh, Mr. Hooper will probably score reach the end zone but until he does he's just not big enough part of the passing game and I sit him on my bench what about uh, you Chris uh, which two tight ends are you not crazy about this week and why well you, you were talking about guys that disappeared let's go with Chris Herndon here he's laid an egg so far despite the Jets trailing a lot and having no healthy wide receivers this offense is a dumpster fire. I wouldn't risk him until he shows me something. And when you figure in the fact he's playing the Colts, who have only allowed three catches and 11 yards in two games of the tight end, oh, my gosh, ignore him. And then I'm a little nervous about Evan Ingram this week. Again, he's a caution play. You're probably going to start him. I don't think anyone knows what the G-men's offense is going to look like without Saquon yet. Uh, Ingram might be blocking a lot more to cover for the lesser running back. Um, so I, I think he's going to get a little bit forgotten. And I've also seen him not really pl- do much or play well in two games so far. So he's another guy I'm in wait and see mode so far, especially against the 49ers team who have only allowed three tight end receptions so far this year. Okay. How about your, your one, your one hit wonders at kicker and defense hit me with them. Okay. A couple of kickers I'll mention. They both have the same profile. They're both in the top 10. They're both under 20% owned run centered offenses, questionable red zone efficiencies and facing a weak opponent. I like Rodrigo Blankenship for the Colts and Mike Badgley for the chargers this week. And defense, I'm actually going to give you three. I'm going to give you a bonus one this week. I like the Chargers playing with the lead at home against the Carolina team crossing the country without McCaffrey. I actually kind of like the Giants. I might take a chance with the team facing the road-weary 49ers without a lot of key personnel. And then I kind of like the Cleveland Browns this week on defense. Washington allows an alarming sack rate, and they should be trailing, so they'll be passing a lot. And Cleveland has actually led the league in, in quarterback pressure so far through two games. Very interesting stuff. Okay, we want to remind everyone a premium a weekly fantasy newsletter purchase also gets you free access to our subscriber forum. There are nearly 4,000 subscribers are registered waiting to voice their opinions. Well, we want to thank everyone for joining us. For Chris Rito, this is Michael Nazarek. We'll see you all next week when week four, oh, my gosh, we're almost a quarter of the way through the season of the 2020 Real NFL 
post pre mid COVID. I don't know. <laughs> Season is preview. Good night and good luck to everyone this week in your games. Happy birthday. You've been listening to the <laughs> fantasy football mastermind edge with your host, Michael Nazarak, the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time on blog talk radio. Until then, remember there's no bragging rights for finishing second.